thanks to all who continue to listen. And for my next episode, I thought I would share my experiences of having a colonoscopy today. So I had a colonoscopy today, um, and they actually found three polyps. And I was asymptomatic, but uh, due to a strong family history of colon cancer or, or polyps, there was a GI physician who told my dad that since he had it at his initial screening at 50, or he had polyps, that his sons and daughters, and he only has two daughters, but both of us should start getting screened at 40. Now, I know with the colonoscopy, the age has dropped from 50 to 45, but there is a strong, uh, in the African-American population for the people having uh, colon cancer. So I remember, I think all this happened like during my medical school time. And so I had a mental note that when I turned 40, I was going to need to ask for a colonoscopy. And so I actually had, um, my annual exam in January. Um, but to, and I don't, and I've been pretty open about my health due to my mammogram having that a normal appearance in December and then having the biopsy and then having, um, my fibroadenoma or my atypical fibroadenoma removed in March, it sort of got pushed back. And fortunately for my nurse, Kathy, she had a family friend who was 40, who was diagnosed with colon cancer. And I'm pretty open about my health, um, with my staff. And she said, Hey, Leslie, I don't want you to, or she probably said Dr. Hutchins, but, but you'll get the gist. She's like, Leslie, I don't want you to not get that taken care of this year. You've always said that you needed to get it done. So I intentionally blocked it off and initially they were going to have me do it like Friday, but unfortunately I'm on call Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So everybody in the Abilene area, please be careful on the Labor Day because Dr. Hutchins is on call for five days in a row, which means she's going to be very busy and very tired. But that being said, um, I was like, well, I'm, they had uh, a first spot um, at the hospital. And I don't mind people I work with seeing my colon. Um, and so I was like, yeah, just put me on for that spot. And so it was today. So that meant yesterday I sort of had, I had a case that ended up canceling, but I was just like, let's I'll just be in clinic because I have to start my prep. I can only have clear liquids. I'm not going to be... I'm not even going to get my bacon. Usually I get two pieces of bacon in the morning, like bacon, coffee, and milk. Um, That's my usual breakfast. And so I just saw clinic patients yesterday in the morning and then rounded and took the rest of the day off because I need to start my prep. That being said, I thought that I could use this as a way to tell people what I did for my colonoscopy and what you just a mental note because a lot of people don't talk about it. Um, so I know that there's the color guard where you can poop and they can screen it, but, um, and I'm not even a colon person, but with my medical background, I would say if like they found polyps, you remove them. If you remove them when they're small, then that way is less chance that there's going to be issues later. Now it could, always be cancerous and have to wait for the final path, but I'm not going to go there. 
but it I was thinking I'm 40 so if I would have waited till 50 I, even though they just dropped the age to 45 these polyps could have been cancerous by the time that they were discovered and so I'm just thought I'd do a podcast about this because I really am an advocate that people need to get their colonoscopies done and everybody should be aware about 45 and if there's a history of colon cancer in your family you might even need to be screened sooner and also for uh, families who have this running in their families they should be open um, with discussing this with their um, offspring because usually people don't like to talk about stuff but it's just like for females we like to we talk to our moms about when did you start your period when did you go through menopause is there breast cancer that runs in the family is there female cancer or ovarian cancer that runs in the family because that's important and that helps us screen and know what our risks are and for us to talk to our OBGYN but a lot of people don't really talk about that about poop so and I even made the joke um, because I went up later today to round that and I probably should have said this I'll probably get not in trouble by human resources but I was like guess you had a stick up their butt today (laughs) and then my staff was like actually had a camera but I'm really funny and I really don't have a stick up my butt so I'm not really you know that phrase I'm not really like that type of person so I thought it was funny but so there's a couple things you need for a colonoscopy and I told my staff this and the first thing is prep and the prep didn't taste wonderful my prep was decent but it tasted bitter and sour and so I don't know if anybody's ever thought about this and maybe that's because uh, I'm a neurosurgeon I thought about this but there is what we call an M berry or a miracle berry and you can find it on Amazon and I actually had this in the in the cupboard because I think at one point um during COVID I thought like with my mom me my sister Talia we could all have a tasting party you know I'm such I'm nerdy like that so a tasting party is like taste different things after having the emberry and so basically what is an emberry and I looked this up when I bought it online because you can buy it on Amazon and actually I, I bought this like right when right around when COVID hit because I was like we're all locked in people will probably get I got tired of screen Netflix we weren't operating for like six weeks this was my idea of fun and I know it's nerdy but anyway so basically uh the miracle berry um was discovered in the se- in like the 1700s it was discovered in West Africa and what they noticed is one of the I think it was in Ghana and, and I, I I just remember from reading this but one of the uh, the tribes always ate this berry before they ate the meal and then when the uh, they noticed that when they ate it actually the food tasted better and basically this miracle berry and I even I even um, during my tasting party I tried Tabasco and Tabasco it was not hot it, it like took the spice down and I was thinking oh man I wish I was on one of those like hottest spiciest peppers you can eat how many can you eat contest and I would just take a couple of these in berries before I went and I'd be able to hang and I wouldn't feel the effects till later um when it went through my stomach but I could eat a lot because um basically 
the chemistry behind it is that these berries make what quote-unquote uh, a compound called miraculin and it's an active glycoprotein that works when acidic food binds in your tongue mirac- binds in the tongue's weight, taste buds and so when you pop in a sour food in the tongue such as lemon and lime the pH levels get reduced and miraculin is successful in engaging engaging the sweet receptors while reducing the sour taste. So basically, it it makes everything sour and bitter sweet and not so bitter. So I took one sip of like my prep and I was like this is too sour. It was like like sour patch kids or um and uh so I got one of the, I was looking for them berries. I was like, they're somewhere in this cabinet. So I found them, popped one of those, and I could drink that prep without any problem because it made it taste better. So anybody in the future, you need to buy some of those berries on Amazon and it will make your prep so much better. The other thing is you don't have to wait to see what they do. You can buy them on Amazon and, you know, basically have a tasting party. You can get lemon, limes, and you probably want to taste before you do the inberry and then you eat the berry and let, let it coat your tongue. And then basically it's like tasting a lemon is like making lemonade. So that was how I was able to take the prep. Second tip is you have to stock up on clear liquids. And I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna lose weight, having all this poop come out of me, I actually gain weight. And it was probably because I drank so much liquids. And a lot of people know I'm not a big water drinker, I can't just drink water. The other thing is I, I knew that I needed to replete a lot of electrolytes because you're just not losing water, you're losing electrolytes. So I actually got some of the Gatorade, um, rapid repletion. And I also knew Gatorade has a lot of calories. And since I was going to drink a lot of it, I did do some Gatorade zeros mixed with some Gatorade that had calories. So, but after actually I drank, I'm trying to think five bottles of Gatorade yesterday. And so I was sort of like, I wanted something else besides just Gatorade. Um, I also made chicken bouillon. And I Googled, is there anything else with a clear liquid diet? Because I needed some substance. And I saw somewhere there was honey. So I had like two tablespoons of honey. And that actually gave me a little bit of substance because it made me feel like I was eating something that was not liquid, but technically liquid. Um, But I was going down the grocery aisle before I started my prep. And I saw these in United. It was green. United is a grocery store that we have just like 100 yards from the hospital. So I went there before I went home. And they had green cola. And it was this brand. And there was a lime and a lemon flavored. And it's totally green. Like, you know, I wanted, I was going to say, I shouldn't say this because they, very granola. And it had stevia, and I hate that 
I hate that sweetener. It has this bitter aftertaste, but I was like, hey, what the heck? I'm just going to try it. I need something else besides Gatorade. Um, and so I, I got a pack of the lemon and the lime. I put them in the refrigerator. And those are the best drinks I've had that's like not I I I I love green cola so y'all should go through the supermarket they're sort of in the I also saw them on Amazon Amazon they did not have any of the actual cola cola ones um because I went back looking to try those I wanted to try them today so I actually ordered them on Amazon which there wasn't really a big selection on Amazon either yet but those are the best green they're like g-r-e-e-n cola dot com sorry that's my stomach probably from leftover from all the prep that I had so you should definitely try those and I actually went back and they didn't have the cola but I got the orange and the cherry which I didn't get yesterday because I didn't want them thinking I had any bleeding in my bowels so you had to be like clear and with non-dye stuff. So that's why I was getting the clear liquid diet. So green cola is a must. And it, you shouldn't wait to do it with your colonoscopy. You should try it. That's the best zero calorie non-diet like type drink I've had. It tastes so fresh, so carbonated, so natural that... I think this company and what it has is hitting the nail on the head. And if the, just with those two flavors, if they can make all their drinks like that, I think they're going it, to, I, I just think people are going to really like them, especially people who are healthy, but even people who are unhealthy, they're just great drinks. And so I have to put that in. The other thing that you're going to need is while I was on the toilet, I was like, I bet the people, well, during COVID, all elective stuff, you know, but I was like the toilet paper. Even if I had bought the creme of the creme toilet paper, my butt was so raw. And a lot of people that are doing colonoscopies, especially because they're older, they don't have um, diaper wipes or like Vaseline or Andy ointment or any butt paste around. So if that's, if you don't have a baby or any kid that's still in diapers and you're doing a colonoscopy, you need to get some type of ointment and some type of diaper wipes because your butt is raw. And I actually was like no wonder what is it what is the, what are like the french toilets the i don't know the duvet i might be saying that wrong please don't make fun of me if i'm saying that wrong but i was like i would rather be wiping with water than with toilet paper and so have diaper wipes and have and i ended up going to vaseline which make the funny story because when I went in for my colonoscopy, thanks to our, my insurance and probably some people that are non-medical sitting up, they say that we can 
get sedation without anesthesia. So basically that means I got Versed and Demerol together, but there was not a CRNA or an anesthesiologist there. They administered it was a nurse, which the nurse who gave it to me did an awesome job. And actually the whole staff at Hendrick did an awesome job. The pre-op nurse, she put my IV in my hand. I did not feel a thing. I was like, are you done? Because I saw her like undoing the tape. Uh, and I was, she was like, yeah. I was like, man, you have miracle fingers. Like, she did awesome. Like, she could do my IV any day. And the GI nurses, and I love them because Roxanne, and I don't know if I talked about it on my podcast, but Roxanne was one of the nurses in the GI procedure. And I do like my epidural steroid injections, my lumbar punctures. I do them with the GI nurses, and they do a lot of the urology GI kind of procedures. And it's been really hard on them after they left. They after they lost Roxanne, and it's been hard on all of us. It was right before Nurses Week, and but um, uh, it was uh, Veronica helped minister the the. Uh, medicine and Megan and there was a new nurse Brooke and I remember when I was in there they were doing timeout and going through everything and I remember Brooke said fire risk of two which means so when you do a timeout and you go through the procedure and what's funny is I did make a comment I agree and I was like oh I'm the patient because you basically say this is a procedure what are my allergies um and then if you're going to give an antibiotic and then um, they always say fire risk. And so fire risk is, and actually she said a fire risk of two. And I think I've always noticed that a lot of people always say fire risk. And I'm like, and when I have, like when I do my procedures, there's not a fire risk because I'm not using bovi. We're doing a prep and a prep usually is an alcohol prep. And so if you use bovi or cauterization, you need to let that dry just because there's a risk of catching fire. And actually, in my training, it wasn't in my department, but in my training institution, there was a surgeon that was very antsy and didn't wait for the time to dry and caused a fire. So that is true. And so I'm always one of those people that I don't rush letting your prep dry because if you go too fast, you're going to have to wait even longer. So, but I remember she said a fire risk of two and I was going to crack a joke, but I was so, they'd, I think Veronica just hit me with the medicine because I had the joke and everybody knows I'm pretty funny, but I could not say the joke because I was going to say, it was my Vaseline that I put on my butt, a, you know, flammable because a colonoscopy has no cautery. Well, maybe it does have cautery if they find a polyp. Maybe it does. I haven't been in there. Well, I mean, I was in there, but I haven't been in there where I was, like, actually, like, medically alert to know that we did have a fire risk. But I don't know why my fire risk was two. But, and that was the last thing I remember except telling everybody that I didn't have my glasses on, so I didn't want them to feel like I was being stuck up if I didn't say hi. And 
stuck up, <laughs> even though I said it had a stick in my butt. So, and then, um, woke up during the, like, right at the end, and he said, yeah, you had three polyps, and he showed me, and then I'm, I don't remember getting from the, getting from the procedure room to recovery, and then I saw my mom and my dad, and that also meant a lot to me, because I have patients, and so, and, and I was thinking, you know, because I'm divorced, and it's sort of sad, and I know my sister would be there if my parents weren't there, but there's not always people that have people to be with them and take care of them after a surgery and I have patients like that and I think that's the biggest need is when people are going through health and they can't drive themselves home who is that who is that person for them to contact and so there are a lot of lonely people there but I'm just thankful that my dad and after my mom dropped off my daughter from uh, to school, when my, my mom and dad were there. And um, uh, Dr. Galapati did a great job and he even offered to do my sister's screening when she turned 40. And I have to follow up in five years. So hopefully that's good and hopefully all the path results are good. Um, and maybe this is a lot of rambling because I still probably have effects of all the, I'm probably, I probably have already had all that anesthesia out, but I have the effects of having that on my prep. Um, but I am, but I am glad that I did it and I'm glad Kathy made me, um, take care of myself. I think a lot of us always, and I was actually talking to a patient about this last week. I have a patient, not in healthcare, who works like 80 hours a week. And I've seen her, known her for three to five years. She's been my patient. Every time I see her, um, I'm like, you need to take time off. Literally this last time I said, I was in neurosurgery training. And technically they're supposed to give us four days off a month. So we're working 24-7. But they are forced to give us, you know, four days off a month. You need to take at least four days off a month. My patient was like, well, last month I took off three days, but one of them was because my daughter had surgery. I was like, look, you don't, a day taken off because your daughter had surgery is not a day off. You have to take care of yourself and take care of your health. Because I remember when I was checking in today, I was thinking how much lost productivity I had as a surgeon by being out of commission with my OR day yesterday. And technically, I don't know if I would have operated today or if it would have been, I operate every other Tuesday. So I don't know if today was an operating day. I think it was an operating day. So I've lost two days of operating, but every other Tuesday I'm in the OR. But after the procedure, I realized if as a neurosurgeon, I'm dealing with colon cancer because I didn't get my screening done, you know, at 45, I do my screening at 45 and I have colon cancer. That's going to be a lot more missed days than just two. So I think all of us need to, number one, remember to keep ourselves first, because if we keep ourselves first, we can keep others first as well. And number two, 
some of the topics we don't talk about, like pee and poop, female problems, we do need to talk about it, but talk about it um, with kindness and openness within our families so we know what we should be on the lookout for. And, you know, it's real sad that Chadwick um, went through his colon cancer and people thought he was abusing drugs because he lost so much weight and all those struggles he did behind closed doors. And I think as celebrities, we need to respect people and their struggles that are behind closed doors. But I also think it shows us that that we're all human and we're not robots and we all are, you know, we all have weaknesses. And one thing that we take for granted is our health. And there are certain things in medicine and I know these screening tests aren't, how do I say, in the medicine and because of insurance, Insurance has to pay for them. And so I don't know if they're very big on advocates because it costs them a lot of money. If you screen men for prostate cancer, if you screen women for mammograms for breast cancer, if you screen them for cervical cancer, um, if you screen men and women for colon cancer, and all these screening tests just like cholesterol, you know, once a year, checking your cholesterol, making sure you're not pre-diabetic, catching things before they occur. And that's something that's very much needed. And I don't know if the public knows what age, what are their risks, what would help them and their families. When do they need to start screening for me like if I was not in medicine I would not know that it was important that I had my screening at 40 even though all the guidelines right now are saying 45 and how I can word it where the insurance company pays for my screening so I just want to be open and sorry for my rambling but and honest to everybody that's listening to make sure that you know your family history if you can it's harder if you're adopted But if you know your family history and things around your family, be sure to, you know, take care of yourself. Once a year, see your primary care doctor. Because if you see them when you're well, then when you're not doing good, they know how to treat you. All right. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed.